Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 286. Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire. Yeah. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 who fans? <laughs> I hope you're all well, keeping safe and healthy. Welcome to episode 286. The old big blue box. The old podcast, get that old podcast in your ears. <laughs> the old podcast done, mate. Back for another week. It's getting boring doing this weekly thing. <laughs> really? You bored? Getting bored of it, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> of course not. Joking, mate. Let's hope, let's hope we don't have any disasters this week, not last week. Like, I had, um, yeah. <laughs> had to stop so many times last week. Normally, we record the show that's pretty smooth in it. We just have a couple of little bits to tidy up, and Gary does his thing with all his computers. <laughs> um, but I, we had all sorts last week. Didn't we? I, mean, I had cramp in the middle of recording last week. I suddenly, out of nowhere, had to shoot up. And stop recording. Ah, my whole leg went into cramp, and Gary thought I was dying. Uh, toothache. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was oh. some kind of. Yeah, I thought Adam had because uh, Adam had had toothache in the morning. Yeah, he thought. I'd... <laughs> I thought his tooth had like sprouted another tooth and shot into his brain or something. The way he shot out of his chair, he's like, <laughs> "Whoa!" It, ah. it came out of nowhere. It's like my whole leg just went into cramp. It was a pain. Like so, so I spent the second half of last week's podcast. Doing recording it stood up. <laughs> uh, anyway, hopefully this week will be smooth, smooth as that, straight through, no stopping. Should be, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we don't have any Cybermats legging around the podcast equipment anyway, so what could go don't, wrong? Don't tempt Skype. Don't tempt Skype. <laughs> Bloody hell, yeah. 
So yeah, as I said, I do hope all of our listeners are keeping well and safe, safe and healthy. Put your teeth in. Get your teeth in, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have got some news to go through this week. We got loads and loads of news. In fact, the spreadsheet is overflowing with news. Which is a complete lie, of course. We have no news. As always, we were spoilt last week. We had news and merch. Yeah. News and merch this week is not a thing. I don't know when it's going to be a regular thing again. Like when we were like pre-lockdown and production on Series 13 was uh, going to be on the radar and everything. It was like, yeah, we've got loads of news and merch each, each week. But alas, it's just merch this week. We have got some cool bits of merch, though. Yeah, we've got some, a few good bits on Dalek Tats tray. I can see him outside in the little, I can see him just through the window waiting to come in. Yeah. All excited. I can see him shaking a little bit of it. Yeah. He's going to have to wait. And then we're on to our review of Torchwood. Meat. Meat. <laughs> Meat. What, what a title, way. Eh? <laughs> I know. Meat. Great. Sounds weird, but um, I was really looking forward to watching Torchwood this week. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. I don't know why. Why is that, why is that weird? Well, out of the three things that we review, Torchwood's normally like the lowest on the list of what I look forward to. I don't mean that in a bad way, because I obviously enjoy watching Torchwood. It's part of the Doctor Who universe and everything. So I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, you know, obviously look forward to watching the majority of Doctor Who stuff. And uh, we love Sarah Jane. That's no secret. So it just like Torchwood, I'm just like, okay, that'll be, that'll be good to watch. But I'm not like, oh, I really want to watch the next, you know, I, I don't find myself as much though at the end of Doctor Who and at the end of Sarah Jane, I'm always like, mm, shall I just stick around and put another one on, watch another one? I really want to see what happens next, especially with Sarah Jane sort of thing. Uh, but with Torchwood, I'm not like that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's Tortured Week. That'd be good. But I, for some reason, I just thought, yeah, I really want to watch Torchwood this week. I don't know why. I, I do so. get what you mean. I don't, you know, I think because Sarah Jane is, I don't know. I, it, maybe it's because it's become reliable because we haven't really watched it before, so it's all new. But also, we haven't really had a bad episode of Sarah Jane, and I think with Torchwood, we have, we have had a couple of bad ones. So I think we feel that there's a reliability of our oh, Sarah Jane this week. Oh, I look forward to that. So, whereas Torchwood, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it going to be one where you're sat there thinking, "Oh boy, this is this isn't good," or "This hasn't aged well," or whatever? So yeah, it's always a bit of a lucky dip with Torchwood I think but I know what you mean I'm the same but I but I think a lot of that comes from the fact I haven't seen many of the Sarah Jane so it's all new stuff um having said that I've seen all of Torchwood and there are still episodes that we've watched that I don't haven't remembered watching so they Mm. have not been that memorable um but yeah gosh wait till we get on to are we gonna yeah I suppose we are gonna do Miracle Day I I don't think I ever finished Miracle Day to be honest (laughs) No. I don't think I did. That's the, the American one, right? Because I always yeah. say the wrong thing. That is Miracle Day. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, I think, because that is a total tone shift, isn't it? Hmm. Um, yeah. It, it's a uh, weird one, isn't it, Torchwood? Because we had two, like the first two series were fairly straightforward. I mean, like there was a kind of an arc, I suppose, running through them, but they were essentially just a series of standalone stories, weren't they? It was like yeah. Alien that's of the true. Week creature of the week kind of thing there's like little threads running through wasn't there with like jack and yanto reese coming into the fold and some other bits like tosh liking owen 
Yeah. Those kind of little things, but nothing real crazy. And then when we got onto series three, Children of Earth, and we had those five episodes there, that was obviously a very linked arc, wasn't it? All very connected. And yeah. then I guess a very similar vibe for Miracle Day, those. I think it was that last one, series four, that was slightly shorter than the first two series, wasn't it? It's only had you know, like 10 episodes. Eight Is it or 10, yeah. How many episodes is Miracle Day? Uh, Miracle Day. That's what I'm saying. It's only uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's ten. Yeah. See, in my head, I always think that was a mammoth. I always think it was a long series. Maybe I did finish it, but maybe I missed a couple of episodes in between. it. I know I haven't really. I, I couldn't get invested in it, but I'm quite looking forward to revisiting that one when we do get to it, just to see if it's better or worse than I remember, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 No, I read you, man. Yeah, when I got to the end of Miracle Day, I can't... I remember thinking... Uh, I don't want to go into much because we'll get to the review ultimately next it, yeah. year at some point. But yeah, I can't remember how I felt at the end of... I, I remember feeling very differently at the end of Series 3 and 4 than I did the first two series because it was a shift away from the normal like standalone stuff, really. Yeah, yes. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyways, this week, yeah, I've been looking forward to a bit of the old Torchwood and... um Yes. Yeah, it should be good. Should be good. You've been up to anything Doctor Who, buddy, since we last spoke? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Um, did a little bit of Big Finish. <laughs> so I listened to um, another, it's one of the Time Lord Victorious thingies. So it's the, the first release from them. Um, well, actually, no, it's not because they did a master one, but this sort of the first McGann one, uh, which was called um, He Kills Me, He Kills Me Not. Uh, so eighth doctor, we get to meet Brian the Ood. Um, nice little short sort of hour long story. Um, quite enjoyable. Uh, I, I, I'm liking Brian. I don't think you've listened to this yet, have you? Nope. No, I won't say too much. Um, a, a fairly straightforward story. I think when you do listen to it, you're going to like Brian because there's, you know, because he's an Ood. <laughs> we all love an Ood anyway. <laughs> um, but I think you'll like the character of Brian Oodnasu. Uh, uh, there's some quite dodgy accents in it. Um, there's a bit of a, they've got some people doing some real American twang. Um, surprisingly though, uh, one of them I think actually is American. Or so. I'm not sure anyway, but yeah, some of the accents are a little bit dodgy in it, but yeah, that was quite an enjoyable little listen. Uh, so quite looking forward to the next part of that, which I think is out in just November, right? The, the Dalek so. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love the cover on that one, actually. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of Big Finish. And um, do you remember last week, because we reviewed the sensor, right? So I, I said, because of the ending where Hartnell kicks off at Ian, right? You know, he's gone, I'm taking you home, <laughs> and all this sort of thing. I really wanted to watch the next episode, uh, which would have been Reign of Terror, so the next story, to see how that got picked up, sort of thing, how that carried on. And uh, to my absolute delight, so I only watched the first episode because I, I don't think we've reviewed this, have we? Reign of Terror. I don't mm, think no, we have. Not yet. No. So I won't say too much, but I only watched the first one anyway. And um, it was just a, the first 10 minutes are just hilarious. Um, you, you, I think you're going to love that bit when, when we get to it. Um, because Hartnell's just like so, well, he, he, he does, you know, gets it all wrong basically like there you go we're back on earth off you go go and you know get out sort of thing and uh, it picked up very nicely from the end of the sensor rights and it was very enjoyable just to see that sort of very humorous start the episode i suppose i won't say too much because we'll review it but but yeah so i watched a bit of that and um i did flick through and take a look at the animation because 
I don't know how early on in the animation sort of scheme of things in Doctor Who this was, but it's very different, the animation, to what we get now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd have a little look at that to see how it compared, really. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I think I slightly preferred it, you know, because, you know, yeah. the, like the, the, the Fury for the Deep animation is sort of quite, they sort of move quite mm-hmm. staggered as the, this, it's a very different style of animation um, in this. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I won't say too much because we haven't reviewed it. But yeah, I watched the first episode of Rain and Terror and I did flick on a little bit just to have a look at the animated eps just to see what they looked like. So yeah, it was good. But I, so I still haven't got around to watching um, Resurrection of the Daleks. You know, I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to watch that for a week or two. I haven't got around to watching that yet. No, I haven't seen it loads of times before. I just just feel like watching it. You just feel like watching it. Yeah, I might save it for Halloween because there is a lot of death and doom and gloom <laughs> in it. So I might uh, I might save it for a Halloween watch. Mm. Although I, I had planned to watch Brain and Morbius on Halloween. Okay. Was an, yeah, I might watch Brain and Morbius. I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think of a good sort of... That's probably a perfect one for Halloween, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, there aren't many... It's weird, isn't it, with Doctor Who? There aren't many... I think because it's a typically British show. Mm. There aren't many Halloween themed. Well, there isn't. There aren't any Halloween themed stories, are there? We have Christmas specials, and I say Christmas. We have like festive period specials now, whether it's either Christmas or New Year. Yeah. But I imagine if um, if the whole um, TV movie thing had kicked off and had got snapped up by some US channel, we probably would have got a Halloween themed couple of episodes. I'm sure. But yeah, we just don't, you know, as many of our listeners will know here in the UK, we just don't do Halloween as well as our US friends. So it's not a thing. That'd be quite a cool thing to do, wouldn't it? It'd be quite cool to have a Halloween Doctor Who. Was yeah. you remember the uh, 12th Doctor episode, Knock Knock? I know it wasn't Halloween yet, but was that shown on Halloween? Or am I getting very... Oh, was that a Matt Smith one in the Haunted House with the... No, that's Hyde. Oh, Hyde, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, Knock Knock was the one with David Suchet. Oh, it, yeah. It looked like it was going to be a really creepy episode, and it and it, it didn't mm. really live up to the hype, did it? Yeah. They, but they did uh, like a special version of it with um, enhanced sound or something. Do you remember that? And I couldn't tell any difference. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a feeling that might have gone out on Halloween, but I might just be completely imagining that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, some yeah. I mean, sometimes you get um uh their tv channels and and shows and they will try and capitalize on on that type of if it's like a a scary episode let's do it in october yeah um, well hyde would have been a good one the one mm. you were thinking of actually would be a good uh halloween one yeah. and it's weird because we and we have reviewed hyde haven't we we have i yeah. think yeah. yeah i i remember liking that the first time i watched it um, yeah. But it wasn't as good the second time when we reviewed it. But um, mm. yeah, I quite liked it the first time. Yeah, knock, 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 knock. That went out in May. Oh, so nowhere near Halloween. Don't no. know what made me think that was Halloween. Yeah. Oh, well. Hyde went out in April. So Doctor Who, the people running the show, not really capitalising on the not kind on the of Halloween thing. creepy <laughs> Halloween-y, scary <laughs> theme, are they? And putting it out in April and May. So, oh, well. In that case, yeah. it's going to have to be Morbius, I think, because that's cause oh, I haven't watched that for a Morbius, while. It's got, come on. it's got to be Morbius, I think. Halloween what a Belter. Um, yeah. Do you know what, dude? I think um, the uh, what was I going to say the um, it would be really good to have a, a Halloween, like you were saying, a Halloween themed 
episode of Doctor Who where yeah. it can almost be a bit of a historical because there's a lot of um th- there's a lot of history that dates back for Halloween, but nobody knows exactly where it originates from. A lot of people say it came from like, you know, a couple of hundred years ago back in Ireland and some other people think it's like a, a traditional English pagan thing and some other people think it's a it's a US thing. Um and all Hallows Eve and Sarwain and all that lot. So it would be really cool for the doctor to go back and like look at the origins of Halloween and they could mm. like incorporate a, like a creepy vibe in there. It could be like a, I don't know, you could, you could do yeah. like the cheesy thing, the witches and all of it, but it just would be really cool to do a bit of a mixture of a historical and a creepy, scary Halloween thing. But yeah. no, it would definitely work. It's, it's kind of crying out for it. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are episodes that people would regard as scary enough um, to be a Halloween episode. I, this has just reminded me something, though. Um, I don't think uh, you bought the last issue of Doctor Who magazine, did you? But they had this um, the sort of 100 scariest moments in Doctor Who thing, countdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was some great stuff in there, you know, <laughs> Saigons appearing around corners and that sort of thing. Uh, but I can't believe what was voted number one. And I, I don't know, I can't remember if it was... Um, I don't think it was a sort of reader's poll, as far as I'm aware. I could be completely wrong, because I kind of only flicked through it, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was just a poll that they put together, basically. Right. But do you know what was number one? Out of all the things that could have scared you in Doctor Who over the years, uh, so what do you th- think so, they put as number one? So this was a, a list of the top scariest episodes of Who, right? Uh, scariest moments. Oh, moments, so, right. So scariest things in Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I wish I had it to hand, because I could give you a few examples but you know it's all the sort of usual classic stuff i mean morbius was in there you know when he the brain on the floor and all that sort of stuff and um obviously the first appearance of the daleks with um uh, barbara you know that was in there that first iconic moment but i cannot believe what was voted number one i i literally turned the page and i actually said what the hmm what i'm i'm hoping it was a moment from either hyde or Blink or something like that. No. Oh, Blink was in there. I think the yeah. Mummy was in there. Oh, the Mummy. Uh, yeah. Well, it was. It was a. It was a Twelfth Doctor moment. It was that blimmin' lump in the bed. You know oh, the blanket yeah. that rises. That's not. That's not the scariest moment in Doctor Who ever. To be fair, it's quite creepy, but I wouldn't say it's the scariest moment ever. No, I mean put it in there, but not number one. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it was a lump in a bed, and nothing happened. It was no. You pick any, I was any, most disappointed. Yeah, you could pick any Davis and Adric story for the scariest moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Adric giving the old glitter robot a good bash in that. Yeah. That's a good moment. Or his haircut, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, can't, can't back. Joking, of course. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get glassed in the face at the next <laughs> BFI event if uh, Matthew's there. So uh, I'm joking, Matthew. I'm joking. Um, so, okay, so that's been your week. Uh, yes. My week's been very quiet, dude. I've only watched uh, another episode of of Doctor Who outside of Meat for Torchwood. Um, I was thinking about watching Dalek, the Eccleson mm. story. But then I thought, you know what? I've had enough of Daleks at the minute. Mm. They're just everywhere. Uh, they, are. So, they even turned up at the end of that big finish. And I was like, oh, here they are. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so I just went to the next one, The Long Game. Oh, Which I've not seen day. in ages, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I just thought, yeah, I'd put that, I just hadn't seen it in so long. I mean, it's got, um, you know, unfortunately it's got uh, Adam, uh, what's his name? Adam Mitchell, oh. you know. Oh. Yeah, he's a bit of a wet blanket and stuff, but 
do you know what, dude? It yeah. was kind of cool to go back and um, and just and just chill with a bit of uh, of Eccleston. Um, so you know, yeah. that's the one I tend to skip. Uh, I yeah. haven't watched that yeah. one very much, and I love absolutely love Eccleston series. I I mean, I quite I would quite happily sit and watch it. Um, I remember it's a decent episode, but I think everything else is so much better in that season. But it's um, how did you find it? Did you think it was because as I said, it is one I don't tend to gravitate towards. But um, um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean, script wise, it's pretty decent. It's an RTD script mm. uh, story, so the the character stuff is quite cool. Outside of um, of Adam. Um, uh, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I found it, um, like you, I don't normally gravitate towards it, No. but but at the same time, I didn't just want to pick like always the popular ones, you know, I didn't want to go for Rose or Father's mm. Day and that sort of thing and Doctor Dances. So I just thought I'd pick this one, which we, you know, like you said, I don't really go for it too often, but it wasn't too bad, dude. It wasn't, um, I mean, it was actually pretty good to be yeah. fair. Some parts of it was actually pretty good. I think I, at the time I was just a dis because I love Simon Pegg and I, when I heard he was going to be in it I think I was maybe bigged it up a bit too much I was expecting too much if you know what I mean because mm. he's he's good in it but he doesn't it's not the best character is it that he gets to play so yeah yeah but, so yeah I might have to give that a watch at some point I haven't watched that one in ages like you I always go for the you know the belters in that season which there are quite a few mm. yeah you know Empty Child and all that that's great great series yeah, indeedy. No, I mean, I don't think Simon Pegg's going to be remembered too much for his performance in Doctor Who, no. but he's not too bad. I've seen worse. Yes. All righty. That's what we've been up to. Shall we land the TARDIS and do a bit of news? Yeah. Well, there is no news. You're absolutely right. <laughs> there is no news. Good job that we installed the, the handbrake. Is. There, news is, there is no news. There is no news. Let's release the handbrake. There we go. Right. Now let's uh, see what's going on in the store. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know. It's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now. Here to help. Books, books, and more books. More books. There's always Doctor Who books coming out, isn't there? Yeah, there is a there is a outside of yeah books. Outside of Big Finish, who we can rely on to have a steady stream of stories. You've always got books, man. Mm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and it's the uh, thing is, I love books as well. I love buying them. <laughs> I love buying them more than reading them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's but the no, thing, I isn't do it? love a book. Yeah. I do love books. I don't like Kindles, though. Oh, you don't? Uh, no, I'm going to be really a grumpy old man when it comes to Kindles. Yeah, but okay. I do like a decent book. Well, I have both. It I depends on the book. Yeah. And I, I've actually doubled up on quite a few Kindle and physical books, which is ridiculous. But I, I have a Kindle for ease of use. Like if I'm going away on holiday, I like the fact that I could have like loads of books in like one thing. I don't have to take, you know, weigh my suitcase down with like, five books or whatever i hear you yeah 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 and it's also really good for any couples out there and your other yeah. half is uh laying asleep next to you it's um you don't have to wake them up with like because you know when you're during the day and you're reading and you turn a page nobody thinks anything of it but at night when the house is silent and your other half is asleep next to you mm-hmm. the sound of you turning a page in a book 
is like an earthquake happening and they just get restless and start fidgeting and you think I'm going to wake them up in a minute. So you put the book down and spoil everyone's fun. What about the glare from the screen? Oh, no, you can turn that. Well, you can, oh, yeah, you, you can, can it's it. adjustable, dude. Yeah. You can turn it <laughs> just all imagine you with the whole, you know, all the lights off and that blimmin' thing lighting up the room. Yeah. Get into bed. Like, like it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, a lighthouse. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now that we've gone through that, there's a new book coming out for Doctor Who called Adventures in Lockdown. Wow. Which is an official thing from Penguin Random House. And it's a collection of stories written in response to the whole COVID-19 lockdown pandemic. So what they've done is they've assembled like a, a bunch of um, amazing writers uh, to put together a sort of collection of short stories that, that brings like a load of epic tales together. Um, along with three brand new stories. Uh, and it's also um, littered with really nice illustrations as well. And this is all in aid of children in need. So last week we spoke about the plush teddies and we put a link in the show notes to go and pick up those ones. The 10th Doctor, the 10th Doctor and the 12th, 13th, 13th. Yes. Doctor. Is Jodie the 13th Doctor? Well, she's, yeah. Of course, yeah. That's, that's what we refer to her as. I had, a, I had a brain freeze then. Yeah, so you can go and pick up the 10th and the 13th Dr. Teddy's for Children in Need, and now you can pick up this book. So current showrunner, Mr. Chibnall, the old Chibbers, former Ooh. showrunners, RTD and Stephen Moffat, they have written stories for this, a bunch of short stories, and there's also work from Chris Riddle, Joy Wilkinson, Paul Cornell, uh, Pete Mateague, uh, Sonia Long, Sophie Cowdery, and Mike Collins. Uh, there's also three brand new stories from Neil Gaiman, Mark Gattis and Vinay Patel. Wow, this is pretty decent lineup, isn't it? Really good lineup, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and uh, yeah. So apparently, so well, I say apparently it is a very good lineup of of stories and authors and so on. So the full list of stories are, and there are sixteen of them. We've got a message from the Doctor, uh, which is like an intro. I don't think anyone's put their name to that. And then we've got things she thought while falling by Chris Chibnall, the terror of the umpty ums by Stephen Moffat. Uh, Doctor Who and the Time War by Russell T. Davis. Revenge of the Nestine by Russell T. Davis. Rory's Story by Neil Gaiman, which sounds very good. Uh, One Virtue and a Thousand Crimes, also by Neil Gaiman. The Simple Things by Joy Wilkinson. The Tourist by Vinay Patel. Uh, Fellow Traveller by Mark Gattis. The Shadow Passes by Paul Cornell. Shadow of a Doubt by Paul Cornell. The Shadow in the Mirror by Paul Cornell. He really likes shadows. Oh, he likes shadows. Uh, Press Play by Pete Mateague. Listen by Steve Moffat and The Secret of Novice Haim by Russell T. Davis. Mm. This sounds very cool, dude. And so you'll be able to get this from uh, now. You can pick this up from Amazon at the moment. Uh, sorry, it's not out now. It's out uh, next week at the 5th of November. And it will cost you £7.37 pence. From, what a random price. Yeah, from Amazon. And every £2.25 will go to children in need from that cost, which is very cool. And the publishing director at BBC Books, Albert uh, Di Petrillo, says, uh, since I first mentioned this idea for the collection to the Doctor Who uh, to the Doctor Who and BBC Children in Need teams, the response has been amazing. We've gathered a truly stellar list of writers and illustrators who have contributed their time and creativity for a wonderful cause. Doctor Who and BBC Children Need are a powerful combination and Adventures in Lockdown is a book that celebrates the best of the Hooniverse, which is to say the best in all of us. 
So there we go. November 5th, it will cost you seven quid. Uh, £2.25 goes to children in need. I'm getting this, dude. I really like some of the uh, the, the, the titles of some of these stories, especially Rory's story. Mm. Um, uh, the Simple Things, all that shadow stuff of Paul Cornell and uh, The Secret of Novice Hame by Russell T. It just sounds like some really cool stories there. Yeah, no, I, this is a definite pickup. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on this one. I like it. I'll be getting it as well. And yeah. it's, I love it when, you know, it's all, like you said, in aid of children in need as well. I love it when you get something like this that's so cool, but it's also uh, benefiting a good charity. So this, it's a no-brainer. It's a definite pickup, this one. Indeed, indeed. 100%. Yes. 100%. Right, uh, what else has Dalek Tat got on his tray? Let's have a look. Ah, big finish. So the latest Warmaster um, story has just been released. Uh, it's the Warmaster Hearts of Darkness. Absolutely amazing cover on this. Uh, featuring Derek Jacobi as the master and Paul McGann is the eighth doctor. And it says in the war master hearts of darkness, he is pitted once again against Paul McGann's eighth doctor in the quest to take down his mortal enemy and take over the universe, joining the crew of rogue pilots and missionary pirates on this perilous mission. Our actors, Colin McFarlane as the dark Knight, Tanya Moody as motherland, George Fletcher, EastEnders in brackets means nothing to me. Uh, and uh, Sandra Huggett from Casualty. Plus, there's the return of fan favourite Narvin, played once again by Sean Carlson. Who's Narvin? See, I, I'm <laughs> I'm a bit out of the loop here because because Big Finish released so much great stuff. I've had to, you know, cherry pick a few things these days. I can't buy all the range, and I hear that the Warmaster range is brilliant, mm. but unfortunately, I'm re- I haven't been getting this 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 one i haven't been getting any of the war master stuff um i might go back and pick some of it up if they do a sale but yeah i'm well out of touch with this um but it looks great sounds good i would imagine Derek jacoby is fantastic on audio um so uh, there's a bit of blurb about it I'll just give you that it says find the doctor stop the doctor and if necessary kill the doctor recruited by the celestial intervention agency to track down his oldest enemy the master finds himself thrown into a mission that will take him into deepest Dalek. Oh, not Daleks again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Dalek territory. Uh, abandoned on the planet Redemption, he assembles a crew, acquires a ship. The journey that follows is certain to test them all, and not everyone will survive. But space pirates, or like that, and living corpses are the least of their worries. Their biggest threat remains at large. A time lord who likes to call himself the Doctor. So it's, it's pretty cool. I, it's a good write-up. I mean, I know I'm thinking about the Daleks, but yeah, it sounds pretty good. Um, and this has just come out now. So if you've been following the War Master series on Big Finish, um, you're probably going to want to get this. It's $24.99 on Collector's CD and $19.99 on Download. Not sure how many discs it is. Three or four, I would think. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, just probably. clicking on the link. It's loading. It's four discs. Four discs. Four discs. Yes. Two hundred and seventy-one yeah. minutes of awesome story. Yes. Um, yeah. My, that character Narvin. Uh, he was. Um, he's part of the Celestial Intervention Agency. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. He's not. A, he's not a bad character. Actually, pretty good. See, there's times I would have just known this stuff, but mm. big finish. I'm just. You have to really keep. You know, you have to really keep up with it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty good though. Yeah, so it does. Yeah. Twenty quid on the download, twenty five quid for CD, and it's out now. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have another steelbook 
I still but... coming soon. This is up for pre-order now. They're rattling through these modern series uh, yeah. se- uh, setups now. So we've now got series seven, which is up for uh, pre-order. And as we all know, series seven, this is the where we're still on Matt Smith. Uh, so there are 14 big blockbuster style movie episodes. Oh, it's that season. Yeah, it's so each yeah. a brand new big epic adventure. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, they save a spaceship full of dinosaurs. They donned Stetsons in the Wild West and are even kidnapped by the Doctor's oldest foe. They arrive in Manhattan with weeping angels. Uh, will the Doctor really lose Amy and Rory? You know how the deal goes with Series 7. It's that one. And uh, so it includes, uh, along with the actual episodes themselves, we have six prequels, which I think they did as like little webisodes, right? I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, we've got 15 behind-the-scenes featurettes. We've got four commentaries, three additional scenes, three documentaries, three exclusive content. We don't know what that is at the moment. Uh, we have something called Script to Screen, Good as Gold, The Making of the Gunslinger, Pond Life, and a Comic-Con featurette. Pond Life, do you remember that? That was good. Yeah, that was definitely online, wasn't it? Pond Life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. So you can pre-order this now from the usual um, places. Um, the two most common ones, uh, well, the most common one obviously being Amazon. And uh, and then you've got like a slew of others. You've got uh, Zoom.co.uk, you've got Zavi, you've got HMV, all of those places. Uh, I imagine it's all going to be the same price at the moment. It's twenty seven ninety nine. And it won't be out till December, so the 14th of December. So there's no excuse. So anyone that's struggling to buy your other half is a Doctor Who fan a gift. <laughs> this is a nice little one to sling under the tree if they don't already have it. It looks good, doesn't it? Um, is this a Sophie Heraldry cover? I believe so. Possibly. Yeah. Yep. Looks like her. Uh, I like it. It's very busy. When I first saw it, I was a bit like, oh, uh, there's a lot to take in on that cover. But the more I look at it, the more I love it. Mm. Look, looks really good. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad, actually. Um, I hope I've said that surname right, by the way. It's Calder, isn't it? Sophie Calder? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I can't, do you know what, dude? I, I think we had a real mixed bag with Series 7. Oh, in terms of episodes? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'll pick it up because of OCD and FOMO, because I've got the other ones. I have to get this one now. Yeah. God's sake. Uh, so I'll pick it up, but I'm not sure about... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's Sophie Cowdery, dude. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll pick it up, but yeah, I'm sure we had a very mixed run when we were reviewing Series 7. Yeah, it is. It's a bit of a mm, bit hit and miss, yeah. but it's Matt. I love Matt. Yeah. He can oh, make a good, he carries a good, even if it's a rubbish story, he's, he's normally good in it. Yeah. So. yeah. so there we go. Series 7 on the way. Pick this up to uh, to uh, to carry on your steelbook collection. Right, and finally off the tray, K Nine Time Quest is released in cinemas. Oh no, sorry, I've mis- misread it. No, it's K Nine Megabytes, the book <laughs> by Bob Baker. So another book featuring our favourite little metal friends, uh, and it says K Nine Megabytes is all new stories featuring further adventures of the world's favourite robot dog. Uh, written by his co-creator, Bob Baker. This new storybook features great new action, packed stories that will appeal to fans of K-9 old and new as he encounters axons, mandrels, wowzers, and drax, paving the way for his future adventures. Uh, it's a pre-order and uh, includes Bob's autograph. Oh, wow. And it's available exclusively from 
www.canineofficial.com. Um, so it's hoped that this will be printed and out by January 2021. And uh, yeah, sounds good. So as to launch the book, Bob Baker and Paul Towns will be special guests on the Type 40 show on the Facebook YouTube channel. Oh, okay. I don't know this. Do you? Facebook no, I've not YouTube heard of the Facebook no, I'll have to before. Check that out. Hmm. Uh, discussing the new book and canine's past and present. Hmm. So it sounds pretty cool if you like canine. One thing that I don't know if this is the finished cover, but what is that? What is that on the front? <laughs> that's yeah, not canine. That's um, yeah, that's that, that. That's that Canadian canine, isn't it? Or was what, it Canadian? No, I think it's um. Well, it could be, but I, I'm pretty sure. Remember when? I think it was not even last year. The year before, there was a big build up around a new canine movie. That's that, what I was on about. Time quake. Yeah, never, drop, yeah, never materialized. Oh, was that Canadian production? Was it? Oh, okay. oh no, I don't know if it's Canadian. No, right. this. Do you remember there was a little TV series featuring like a, a live action TV series? Um, or it might have even been cartoon. I never watched it featuring that design of canine. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Australian, I think it was actually. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it, it looks like the updated new, uh, super modern Iron Man esque well, kind of canine. That we'll was get it off. A, yeah. Good, we good. don't I want think, that canine. We want the proper one. The proper one. Yeah. I think. Um, I assume then this is Mark III. I don't know, um, but anyway, yeah, it's the newer, it's the newer Marvel universe type of canine. Uh, um, yeah, and this will set you back uh, ten pounds for the book plus three pound ninety postage and packing if you're in the UK, or it will cost you fifteen pounds postage and packing for everywhere overseas. Um, but it could be cool if canine's your thing. And uh, and it is the author is Bob Baker, by the way, as Adam said. So that could be cool. Yes. Well, I won't be getting it while it's got that canine on the front. Oh no! I want the proper canine, or uh, not at all. I don't want that Botox canine that they've got on there. No, thank you. Oh no! <laughs> the actually the Iron Man canine is the perfect description, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Adam's put his foot down on this. I will. Well, you know, I love canine, but not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh well okay so anyway cost you a tenner in the uk or overseas just be aware of the shipping and stuff and uh when is this out did you say january next january is supposed yeah. to come out and i do jest i'll you know i love kayla i'll probably pick it up you will <laughs> yeah okay dokie right that's merch done time for review mm. what we got yeah so it's those old chaps and lasses that torch with again and this story is called meat have you never seen something so mad, so extraordinary, that just for one second you think that there might be more out there? I'm from Harwoods. I'm going to need to arrange to move the lorry. The police have taken the meat out the back of the van. you any idea why? How would I know? It's definitely alien meat. It's Reese. He must be in on it. I was hoping maybe I could pick up from where he left off. We've got to shut the operation down and identify the alien meat. You lied! You were at the crash! I catch aliens! Aliens! And cat! It's amazing. The prison chain and drugged. Welcome to planet Earth. Torchwood. Meet part of series two. It was first broadcast back on the 6th of February 2008. It was written by Catherine Tregener and directed by Colin Teague. Stars the current hub team uh, that we've been going through since series two. And the plot for this one is uh, uh, Gwen is forced to reveal Torchwood's true nature to Reese. 
<laughs> After he follows her to work and accidentally uncovers the truth behind the mysterious alien meat, is there a price to pay for Gwen, Reese, or Torchwood? Okie dokie. What do you reckon to meet Adam? Meat. Um, <laughs> something about that title, isn't it? Meat. Uh, I thought this was all right, actually. I quite enjoyed this one. Um, very simple story. Uh, you know, just the, the fact that this alien sort of blob, if you like, is, is being harvested, is being used to, uh, to make pies and things, and um, Reese gets involved. But what I liked it is that I think we've been, I think we've been needing this story because I really like the character of Reese, and I. As we're rewatching Tortured, I, in my mind, thought he was in it a lot more than he has been so far. He's really been a sort of side character that we get to see a couple of minutes in each episode. And uh, there was great potential with Reese. So I think it's great that he finally sort of gets to get stuck in and be part of the team. Um, and also, it's good that we finally, Gwen has to finally admit, you know, what she's doing behind his back. And because, you know, that couldn't carry on forever. So I think this is timed right it's in the middle of series two at the start of series two sorry episode four um so it just feels like this is a natural time for this this story to be told in other words i think you know reese finds out about gwen uh he gets to be part of a story properly um and for me it, it pretty much works and I, that's why i don't mind the fact it's quite a simple story overall because i think the more important thing is is to sort of uh, have some progression in the characters, which is something that didn't sort of always happen in series one. Uh, it was very clunky series one at times. So yeah, this feels like, yeah, they're thinking this, you know, they're thinking ahead. There's a bit more, um, backstory going on now in Torchwood. So things are starting to click and come together. So yeah, I thought it was decent. I thought it was a decent episode. Nothing amazing. It's, it's not going to be, it wouldn't be one that I would, you know, watch, uh, a lot, but it will, you know, I think in terms of, the story and the progression of series two, it it's, fits very nicely in, in sort of building a bit more interest in, in the, you know, the characters. So yeah, I like it. There's, there's a couple of clunky bits like the stuff with um, Tosh and uh, Owen that seemed to be sort of thrown in there to fill five minutes. Not quite sure what was going on there, whether that's going to go anywhere, but uh, yeah, overall, not bad, not a bad episode, nothing amazing, but certainly uh, a decent watch. Yeah thought it was quite good hmm. Hmm. yeah what about cool. you yeah beast <laughs> yeah i thought this one was a, a fairly decent watch actually yeah cool yeah mainly because i think reese is a really cool character he is isn't he i like reese yeah he's good and uh kai owen right he plays reese just does a, yeah yep. does a great job of because there's been a couple of times since torchwood first kicked off where he's had more than one good reason to get rid of Gwen. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And although this has happened before, remember he was exposed to something to do with Torchwood and they erased his memory once before, didn't they? Yeah. And uh, so he's been down this road before, but what's very cool is um, the, the, the way that he kind of, he's kind of mad, isn't he? Like when he finds out about it, because he sees Gwen that, that turns up at the accident on the motorway but yeah. doesn't say anything and then gives her the chance to sort of come clean and she still doesn't and then follows her. Then he gets into a big row sort of thing. And, uh, but what's cool about that is like I said, he's had the opportunity to walk away before because I think he's always suspected that whatever she's doing, I don't know, like 
he's always skeptical about the job and everything. And then when this all kicks off, he doesn't, he kind of just throws himself into it all, which is mm. great. Like uh, he's the one that's very much like I can do it. I can go undercover into the, into the abattoir and I can, you know, get all this done for you. And she's like, no, I'm not having it. You know, he can't do it. And Jack's like, yeah, he's all right. And um, so that whole aspect of it was really cool. I felt um, the whole Reese thing, wanting to get stuck in and yeah. not shy away and everything. And his excitement at the end as well, when he's like, aliens exist, you know, I'm going to get a scrapbook Ooh. and you're going to tell me everything about it and stuff. He's just a very cool character. And uh, what's also as like an offshoot to that, it kind of, it kind of grounds Gwen into because she's been a bit of a naughty girl hasn't she in the past mm. you know yeah she's not been the most faithful of people faithful people uh to, to um to reese and nobody really cares about that in this do they? you know when like everything's at stake reese is in and on the operation and stuff like that he suspects actually he doesn't suspect anything to do with owen does he he has no clue about what what went on with owen and, and gwen before he, what he's actually worried about, who he's actually worried about is, is Jack. He, he references a couple of yeah. times that Jack is this very good looking guy and all the rest of it. Um, cause when he spies on them, when he follows them, uh, he sees Jack and Gwen sort of walking arm in arm off from the Torchwood entrance and stuff. And, uh, so he's, he's worried on one hand, but you can kind of see just how strong they are. Like she's really worried about him throughout pretty much all of the episode doesn't want anything to happen to him. And then he does the whole bravery thing. He takes the bullet for her and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So it really does that. I'm hoping anyway, and I don't want to do like spoilery stuff for our future reviews, especially if anyone hasn't seen any of Torchwood from this point, but they kind of take their foot off the gas with like that whole sleaziness sort of thing with Gwen and like Owen and all that stuff. Remember in season one, it was, it's just all over the place. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but this kind of grounds Gwen into like, look, you lot might be okay with not having relationships and stuff. And if your whole life is the job, then that's fine. But that's not me. I've got Reese outside of this. And she really puts her foot down with Jack. You know, he's like, we need yeah. to erase his memory and stuff. And she's like, nope, not going to do it. So that kind of grounds her. And she's like, I can try and do Torchwood and have Reese in the know about it and see how we go sort of thing. So that whole part of the story I thought was really good. I really like that. And then there was also that kind of heartbreaking thing with the actual creature as well. You know, the fact Ooh. that it's chained up and they're just cutting into it all the time. And, oh, it's horrible, you yeah. know, it's all horrible. And then the way it, it dies at the end, Owen's got no choice. He's like, you know, it's like a mercy killing, I think he calls it. So that's quite emotional as well, which is, you know, adds another layer to it. So I don't think it sets the world on fire in terms of like having a chat down the pub. What's your favorite Torchwood episode? I don't think everyone's going to shout meat. Eat. But <laughs> on the other hand, it is a really nice, it's almost like a hidden, it's almost like a gem within series two because it has a really nice emotional layer to it. It's got a groundedness to it for Gwen, which I think she really needs. Yeah. And, uh, and it's extremely Welsh as well. Like there are there are times when um, it's it's obvious, isn't it, that it's set within Cardiff, and they do these really nice big sweeping shots of like yeah. the bay and Roldale's Pass and all that stuff. 
But every now and then, like some of the supporting actors, I think they went to like local Cardiff-based agencies to get some of the supporting actors. And in this one, they are all Welsh. And Reese is obviously Kai Owen. He's extremely Welsh. And I think when when Eve Miles is around other Welsh actors, I think her accent goes up a notch as well. So mm. it's one of those stories that, you know, it's it's extremely Welsh, which is not a bad thing at all. It's a lovely accent. So um yeah. Yeah. What did you think to um the the um the the plot with with Jack in this one? Because it's one of those stories where sometimes Jack gets tested, doesn't he? Because in some mm. stories he's very much like I'm putting my foot down. This is the way Torchwood is run. This is what we're going to do. And in other stories, he gets tested on that a little bit. And this is one of those things with Gwen sort of fighting back and pushing back a little bit. So it's interesting to see John Barrowman having to play like, um, what's the word? Having to play that sort of tough, I'm the leader, but also at the same time, I've just got an ass kick in, you know. Well, he needs it, doesn't he? I think it's about time. I like it when Jack gets put in this place because the, the sort of Captain Jack we're getting tortured, I feel, he's a bit more arrogant than... I think he's more likable when he's in Doctor Who somehow. But when he has to play the sort of leader of the gang and quite often he's putting his foot down and shouting and stuff, you kind of feel like, oh, whatever, Jack. You know, he can be a bit obnoxious uh, in Torchwood, the character. Mm. Um, yeah, so no, I, I love the fact that Gwen stands up to him. And I, I agree with you. I think this... This is kind of, although it's not going to be, like you said, it's not the sort of go-to episode you'd recommend to someone down the pub. But I think if you're watching Torchwood like we are from the start all the way through, I think it's kind of the episode we've in a way been waiting for in terms of the Reese-Gwen relationship. Because, you know, he's put up with a lot and then most of the time he hasn't even known about it. <laughs> he knows he's been rehypnold or whatever. No, what do they call it? <laughs> not rehypnold. What do they call it? Re- uh, whatever that thing is, yeah. Yeah, 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 they they wipe his memory basically. Yeah, it's something beginning with R, isn't it? You're not gonna retcon. Retcon, yeah, he's been retconned. Um, so yeah, there's all that stuff going on, but it's it's really good because I think even though we've only got little tiny moments with the character of Reese up to this point, he's become very, very likable, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these sort of you know sort of comedy moments that played the sort of comedy moments and. You know, he's he's a very likable character, but you always got the feeling that he had more to give. And I think Kai Owen really goes for it. You know, he's like, yes, finally I get an episode where I can actually show my, you know, my acting socks, if you like. And he really does. He's great in his performance. You know, like when him and Gwen are having that argument, that they feel like a real couple. Like that is a, because, you know, when you get an argument on EastEnders where they're just shouting at each other, <laughs> it's just a, you know, it's there's a, this is a sort of, a notch up in terms of the performance, mm-hmm. you know, the acting between the two of them, they, they, there's clearly a very good rapport between those two actors. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just really nice to see Kai getting to show what he can do uh, in terms of his acting, in terms of the character. Uh, and it all works really, really well. I think he just, he's just a very, very likable character. And I'm, I'm hoping that he will become more involved in Tortured from this point. I think he does, but I honestly can't remember um, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, it's good. And I do love the fact that they don't retcon him at the end. I think it's, um, it would have been an easy get out. It's like, yeah, we've told that story. So now we'll just reset it again. So he doesn't know about Gwen. They could have gone down that route, but I'm very mm-hmm. glad they don't. I'm glad that he 
gets to know about it because it makes for a really nice ending, doesn't it? Like you said, the bit about, oh, we can get a scrapbook and he's really excited. And I think, like Gwen, we know that she can trust him. Mm-hmm. So obviously the, the rest of the Torture Gang, they don't really know the character of Owen, of, um, sorry, of uh, Reese. So they don't know that they can, he probably won't say anything, but Gwen knows him. And she knows that he wouldn't, you know, he's not going to go and blurt it out or whatever. So we feel like as a, a viewer that we're with her on that, don't we? We're like, yeah, she can trust him. We know Reese is a decent guy. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to do anything to jeopardize it. So I like that. I like the fact that it's left with them both. Now, finally, all the secrets are out. Well, most of them, uh, you know, and yeah, he can get to be a part of that. So mm-hmm. be interested to see where it does go with the rest of the series. I, I can't really remember uh, much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that he's become more of a character in this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. And that, yeah. And that, that's what makes, I think us left. So at the end of the episode, it was good. And Russell T Davis, um, refers to this as like a rite of passage for yeah. them as a couple. And it is good because yeah, like you said, as the, as the viewer, um, it, yeah, you can absolutely see why Gwen can trust him. And he kind of shows a tiny little example of that at the end, like they're sitting outside on the steps at the end. That's that whole bit where he's all giggly and excited. Yeah. And his phone rings and it's his mate. And for a split second, you thought, is he going to say, you never guess, mate? Yeah, yeah, you never guess what? Yeah. (laughs) But then he goes straight back to like normal, like pre-knowing that aliens exist, uh, Reese. And the way that she looks at him, she kind of looks at him like, okay, I've got nothing to worry about. You know, I can trust him a hundred percent. And like you yeah. said, we as the viewer are like, yeah, you can, you know, he's, he's trustworthy. And I think that's all very, uh, like I said, uh, the whole thing around Jack, because we all know it's coming towards the end. So at the end where they're back at the hub and they're talking about it. And I think Jack says that we had to erase their memory. Oh, they're, uh, they're sorting out Reese, uh, his bullet wound and stuff. And Jack's like, yeah, we had to erase their memories and stuff. They'll remember who they are, obviously, but the events of what happened. And as soon as he says that, we're like, right. Oh, uh, keep saying Owen. Um, as soon as he says that, we're like, right, Reese is next. He's going to yeah. be next to have, he's going to be retconned. And uh, we're going to go back to square one. And the fact that Gwen really stands up to, because I think she says it initially, like, yeah, I'll do it. And then she storms back in. She's like, no, 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 not happening, man. And you can tell that like Jack, like his, you know, his nose is out of joint a little bit. And he's a bit like, cause he shouts back at first, doesn't he? And then he kind of sort of swallows, you know, his pride, I suppose, his leadership pride. And so it's really like the whole big monster thing and the alien trapped, although that is heartbreaking. It doesn't really play a huge part in the story, really. No, it doesn't really, no. Yeah, it's more about the the kind of dynamic relationship that's now formed because they all know that Reese is... Because there's a bit where Reese goes into the hub and they're all sitting around the conference table and they're discussing the plan. He's like, right, the creature's here. I'll bring you in, all the rest of it. And Gwen's still kicking off like, I don't want him to do it sort of thing. But it's the other, like, Tosh and... um and Yanto, they're like throwing these funny little quips around, like, oh, here we go. They're not really, you can tell that everyone's put out a little bit because they're all used to this close knit little group. And then yeah, all of a right, sudden, yeah. 
Mm-mm. all of a sudden Reese is on board and so that's yeah sorry just lastly and they they kind of looking at it from two angles I felt the one part of it was like this is great even though Gwen doesn't like it he can get us in we can save the day job done the other half is like oh because I think Owen's like always lovely with the old domestic because they're shouting at each other and stuff yeah. so it really changes the dynamic of everything I thought that was good yeah, no, I was sort of picking up from from that actually. Is I really liked the way that the the story brought Reese into it as well. It, it, it worked, you know. Just the, it starts very simple that he sees an accident on the motorway, and it turns out to be one of his delivery trucks, and then he gets you know embroiled broiled into this whole thing. I thought the way it was written worked really well. You know, the, the way he was actually brought into the story like that, um, it, it sort of did flow quite naturally, sort of thing, rather than him i don't know just sort of happening to be you know at the warehouse with the creature but the fact that it was part of his sort of um uh delivery company as well and all that stuff because i liked it when they at first think he's in on it as well i thought yeah they would because he's totally not his fault but when they're phoning up asking him some quite standard questions like have you got a number for the you know for the company and he's looking at the secretary like hang on, I'll just look for you. Where's the number? She's like, we didn't get one. And you think that sort of stuff happens, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, and he's sort of taking the brunt of, of her mistakes, which is making him look guilty, like he's part of it. And I thought, yeah, this is good stuff, you know. It's um, very simple, but the, the storytelling and the script and everything, I thought was just uh, very well plotted out, the way that he was sort of brought into this particular um, story in such a big way. Mm-hmm. You know, it all works really, really well. And the fact that he, like you said, he throws himself into it. He totally gets it, doesn't he? Once he sort of works out what's going on. Because um, there's all the stuff as well of him following Gwen to try and find out. And he thinks, oh, she's meeting up with this guy. Okay, this is what's going on. And then he realizes it's something else. It it all moved at a fairly good pace. And all those little sort of things that would you'd naturally sort of think all sort of get answered throughout the story mm-hmm. you know like is she having an affair oh no it's more than that you know is reese involved or oh, no he's not he's just got tangled up in this sort of web of you know story so all of that i just thought was was really good in terms of the storytelling mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah no it's good and that was really cool when when they're having that big bust up after he's followed her and he's trying to get her to come clean he thinks that and there's some harsh language in that bit as well. They really Ooh. went for it. Um, <laughs> he thinks that she's doing the do with Jack, yeah. but that's what he's focused on. And then when she says um, about aliens, alien, aliens yeah. he doesn't believe her, does he? He's like, you must be mad sort of thing. What are you talking about? So, But then I'm thinking he's just seen one. I, that's the only thing I thought. I was like, you've just seen the blimmin' alien in the warehouse. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's, he yeah. says, you must be mad. And then he asks, he says like, well, why don't you prove it? I thought to myself, well, you've just seen... So maybe he thought that that was just like a big... Whale. Like a beached whale. Like Owen says, you know, it's like a beached whale, or Jack says it. Um, yeah. But just on like a... Maybe he just just can't suppose, believe it for a second. Yeah, I mean, actually thinking about it, I mean, I suppose you wouldn't necessarily assume alien. Like if I, if, if someone took you to warehouse and there was a big sort of whale thing in it, you might just think it was... You know, we haven't. Se- I like. I don't know everything that's in the sea. I probably would just assume it was some sort. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess in terms of when I was watching this, because we know it's alien, I was thinking we've just seen an alien roost. But I suppose he might not have necessarily mm-hmm. thought. Oh yes, it's obviously an alien because you wouldn't, would you? You think it was something out of the sea? I suppose. Yeah, I mean that's what I makes guess. that so cool. That reveal mm-hmm. about 
the reveal to Reese anyway, because he's so, like we just said, he's he's seen that thing in the warehouse, but he doesn't automatically go to aliens. Yeah, just yeah. because we know, like you said, just because we know it is, doesn't mean that him as a character as a character would automatically put two and two together. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it. Like yeah, that. it's pretty clever the way it's written, and then when she takes him into the hub, it's great. You know, when they go down the lift. And yeah, I like that bit. That was all cool. We get to see that pterodactyl thingy again, yeah. flying around, that blimming thing. I'd have shot that down by now. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the CGI in this, though? Like the, the actual creature? It reminded me a little bit of the Beast Below, you know, from the Matt Smith story a bit. Hmm. Um, but what did you think of the CGI? It's a bit ropey, isn't it, in places? I mean, the bit where they're going down in the hub is not too bad, but the actual creature itself, it looks a bit ropey, but then what year is this? 2018. No, sorry, 20, 2008. 2008, yeah. So yeah. 12 years ago. Um, I mean, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, in one respect, it's pretty good that this wasn't filmed in... Actually, was this filmed in HD? Don't... I can't remember. I think it was. Yeah, it was. No, it was. It was. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Um, What I was going to say is... Well, I was going to say it's a good job it's not in HD because you'd be able to pick oh. out all the little... Uh, little props with the CG, but it was, and that's, res- yeah, because it didn't look too bad, to be honest with you. It didn't look terrible, but yeah, I don't think they had the biggest budget for CG stuff back then. No. So yeah. it's passable. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's not great. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, and then the other shot when they're coming down the lift into the hub, that always looks a little bit ropey i think they just reuse some of the older cg shots from from series one so it's not too bad and fortunately there's not a lot of it in this there's a little bit yeah. with the creature at the end but again not too bad and they, they've kind of made the best that they can do like the worst bit was when owen is um injecting it at the end with whatever he's he's come up with to kill it that look that's like the ropiest bit when the yes. camera's behind him and he's like <laughs> you know you can tell that that burn gorman's just pretending to like stab something and then do that but it doesn't quite match up with the motion they had with the creature because it's like flailing all over the place mm-hmm. and moving around and he's like stationary and stuff so you know it's not like it, it doesn't end up on on memes or blogs as like you know awful mm-hmm. um direction or cg but yeah it's not a it's not the best. It's not the best. Now, I think, like you said, the bit where they go inside the hub is okay. Um, but the bit where they first, so when they stood on the step and then they start lowering down, that's pretty good because mm. I'm thinking they've obviously got the reflection in the, what whatever that silver tower is, you know, where the, you know, where the step is, it's yeah. like a silver yeah. tower. So I'm thinking, so they've obviously had to sort of, I don't know how they've done that, but that looked pretty decent, like, you know, in terms of them lowering into it and getting the reflection in time and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it hasn't dated that great. But like you said, it, it's it's all right. It doesn't distract from the story. It's thankfully the beast isn't in it too much. It's the eye, I think, that makes it look mm. rubbish. Yeah, well, it doesn't look uh, real. Yeah, because <laughs> they try to superimpose the actor's reflection in the eye as well. Yeah, to try and give it realism, which works okay. But you you can just tell that it's like cheaply, fairly cheaply done. But can we find out where that thing come from? I'm. I don't remember hearing it. Do we just take it as a, yes, there's an alien trap somewhere else, or do we get more info? Because I don't remember hearing it, but I don't know if I just missed that part of the plot of like where this thing actually 
appeared from or where because it's quite a big alien just to drop down to earth like where has it come from yeah yeah it's a good point i don't think we find out I think they where go it's it, from because they? they obviously identify it as coming from another uh another world or galaxy or whatever it came through the rift at some point yeah all oh, right yeah um but we don't know where it's from or what it is or anything so um yeah i'm not sure there was something like um like the the uh, they they've used this concept later on, haven't they, in Doctor Who, with like you said, the Beast Below and Thin Ice, those stories where they where they essentially a captive creature, isn't it, that's been enslaved by humans and for their own sort of thing. So they kind of went on to use the concept, but I don't think we've seen anything to do with this particular thing before. I know it's got the nickname Cash Cow. Quote, oh, is it? Unquote. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Um, but it's not. I, I don't think we know its like proper name or where it's from. I was just um, looking at the Wikipedia as well, which has reminded me that we used to get, um, so when they repeated these, they used to do a pre-Watershed version of, of some of the tortured episodes where they edited out stuff that couldn't be shown before nine o'clock. I'd completely forgotten that. Mm-hmm. So uh, in this one, they edited out um, all the bad language and stuff. But I'm thinking some of the episodes must have been really hard to edit for pre-Watershed because not just the language, but some of the gore. Mm-hmm. like that you would so if you cut that out how would you how would you know that the you know for example fish guy getting killed and so if you cut out the bit where his head explodes all over the curtain <laughs> like what happens in that story do you just assume he's still alive does he not get shot like so it must have been i'm surprised they bothered really to do a pre-watershed version i don't know if it's just because it was you know a doctor who spin-off that they felt like they'd got to do that but yeah i had completely forgotten that we used to get edited versions of these episodes shown as well um, so yeah. yeah obviously in this one not too much was cut it's mainly the argument between uh reese and gwen because there's a lot of effing and blinding going on <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 they redubbed the line though so where, oh is that what it is yeah so when reese oh. said are you beeping him or what in reference to jack they overdubbed it with are you seeing him or what oh right yeah so yeah. they they did a bit of redub and they cut a couple of bits out but i know that on some of the other episodes the pre-watershed on some other episodes, they cut out some of the sexy time on, I think there's a le- at least two other Torchwood episodes where it gets a little bit hot and heavy. Mm. Um, Especially with, series one. With Jack, yeah. And yeah, so um, I know they've done that as well for the pre-watershed, but. Tonight's episode of Torchwood is 15 minutes long. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> when was the, what, what is the watershed in the UK? Is it still 10 p.m.? Was it 9 p.m.? It used to be nine. I don't Do we even have a watershed now? Looking at some of the, violence in the soap so i don't even know if we have a watershed yeah, anymore i think we i think we should have but we i don't know if things have gone out the window but it used to be a thing didn't it you know yeah. there'd be no yeah. sort of there would be yeah no sex or violence you know before nine o'clock and all that sort of thing mm. yeah i don't yeah. know man uh yeah and then some of the other um uh so we're not going to talk too much about the cast members the supporting cast in terms of the guys who are running the the operation out of the factory they're all pretty standard like Casting directors like, right, we need three or four thuggy looking young chaps who can sort of act <laughs> menacing and talk menacing for a bit. And they all kind of fit the bill, don't they? Um, yeah. The only exception is the guy who's, a, I think he's like the scientist guy. He, he doesn't seem too happy with what's going on. And, they um, made me do it. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah. So yeah. those guys were fairly standard. Not bad. Um, they just fairly standard, you know. Um, but poor Tosh, you know, she's still trying to chip away oh. at Owen and he's, not interested at oh, all at the minute, gosh, is he? The longing looks and the little hints she gives. And he's 
he's just not taking any notice at all, is he? Poor yeah. old Tosh. She's like, I made like, you some sandwiches. <laughs> and any anyone knows that a way to a man's heart is with a good it's, sandwich. It's a way to my heart. I love a sandwich. Yeah, and Owen's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like, do you going, fancy going for a game of pool? Oh, that was the bit, that bit. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, great. Hey, and her face lights up. Oh, hang on, I'll see if the rest of the guys want to go. Yeah, we'll do a torture oh. tournament. And she's like, oh, all right then. Yeah, I know. Poor old Tosh. But I'll tell you what, she's over old what's-his-name fairly quick. He's the guy that she had to oh, sacrifice yeah. in the hospital, the ghost thing from the, the last episode, to the last man. The, the, who that, who, what's the guy's name to the last man? I think it was um, uh, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy. Brockless, yeah. Oh, gone. Yeah. Forgotten. She got over him very quick. Well, she did. Yeah. But yeah, those longing looks towards Owen. He doesn't what know, does he? With, what is it with... Uh... Owen, though, they all, they've all wanted a bit of Owen, haven't they, so far? I mean, he's not exactly the best-looking guy. Yeah. And he's a bit of a, well, can't say the word, through watershed, <laughs> but he's a bit of a, I mean, I like, I like Owen, but, you know, he's a bit of a lad. He's a bit of a lad, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's good about Bern Gorman, though, is that he, he kind of sticks to the, he sticks to the character fairly consistently. Like, you yeah. know what you're going to get with, with Owen, which is good. And, um, uh, i tell you what, he's pretty menacing. He does play a good baddie, though. So um, there was a film that dropped on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Like uh, I think it was called Alona Holmes. Like uh, She's the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. And uh, Bern Gorman plays the, a, a baddie in that. And he's very good as the like the kind of assassin baddie dude. I can imagine, mm. yeah. Because he's, kind of, yeah, he's, got, he's got an unusual, I mean, it's in the nicest way. He's got an unusual mm. look, hasn't he? Um, so yeah, he's he's good for these sort of parts. But no, it is, and I do I like the way he plays it. You know, Bern Gorman. You know, he's, he's totally got the character of Owen, isn't he? That he's just mm-hmm. you know, that's what he wants to do. He's a bit of a selfish character, I suppose. But yeah, poor old Tosh. Is that do, do they ever get together? I don't know. No don't spoilers know here, mate. Uh, no, I yeah. can't. I, I genuinely can't remember. I can't remember to spoil. But yeah, poor mm. old Tosh. What about old Yanto then? Old Yanto. Well, he gets a couple of good lines. There's a good bit when they're talking about meat and stuff, and he went, eh, pizza's arrived, and you know, he gets a couple of funny bits like that, but yeah, not getting a lot to do, is he? No, he's still... Um... Still moping around after Jack. Still a couple of longing looks at Jack. And, uh... Yeah, that's what I mean. He's still kind of... He's a funny one, Yanto, the character, mm. I mean, because they kind of drop him like an old sock when they don't need him. So there are some mm-hmm. episodes where he really shines. Um, back in series one, the whole cyber girlfriend. Oh, God. Thing, yeah. You know, all that stuff. And he, you know, he's really, uh, you know, he's, he, he does have those moments. But then there are other episodes like this one where they just relegate him back to, because the way you kind of look at it, it's like he, he's got total commitment to Torchwood. Let's, there's no bones about that. You know, even when he does get relegated to just the butler, basically, he's the guy that orders the pizza and stuff yeah. like that. And then you think, well, hold on a minute. No, he is part of the team because when they go to the, the abattoir, he's there, he's yeah, there he's and there. he's stun gunning yeah. people and he's, you know, and he's undoing his hand ties and then he's having a ruck and, and all that lot. But then when they get back to the hub, he's then back to, to butler duty again. And I was know? trying to remember in the first series whether he got to go out with it because I, I was thinking this I thought although he doesn't get much to do in this story he is there when they go out you know on the on the crime scenes and stuff 
But in series one, did he, or was he just in the hub? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, no, he was just like the T-boy in series one. But maybe, I can't remember, maybe, did he get to go out on the adventures? I can't he remember. He did a couple of times, yeah. A couple, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he definitely did a couple of times. And um, there was that story where they went out into the countryside and there was like oh. those weird people knocking, oh. you know, he did all that stuff. and Yeah. Um. So he has, yeah, he has like, in series one, he had the odd outing and so far in season two, series two, sorry, he's had the odd, the odd little mix up. But yeah, it's just, it's strange that, Jack hasn't sort of promoted him to a proper team member. He's just like, well, we need this floor sweeping. We need tea being made. The pizza ordered. We need <laughs> someone to lock up. Bins. Yeah. <laughs> we need someone to take the bin out. We need someone to lock up at the end of the day. So I think Jack's happy to keep him doing those things. But <laughs> Thanks like, for coming out and risking your life. <laughs> yeah, but Thanks I think... Thanks for taking a bullet. But if you could just clean those bins before you leave... <laughs> <laughs> yes and i think it gets a bit more polish. complicated as well moving forward because things do progress a little bit between jack and yanto yeah don't yeah. they so it gets even more complicated but anyway i don't think he's getting a pay rise anytime soon uh <laughs> and that's kind of it really i think mate it's very simplistic story um spoken about the characters the cg barrowman though because I, I get the feeling Barrowman wasn't really too bothered because he wasn't really centre stage in this. And although he's okay in the scenes that he does, I get the feeling he wasn't really giving much in this story. It's a bit like, yeah, I'll just come and read these few lines that I've got this week. And I, I don't know, I just get the feeling that because he wasn't centre stage of this, he wasn't really giving his all in this yeah. one. I mean, he's good in the scenes, you know, he's all right. It's good when he has a bit of a standoff with Gwen, but he's defeated pretty quick and he sort of soon knuckles under and says oh all right then yeah but he doesn't get much to do this week either does he barrowman not really i mean two minds about jack and john barrowman in this one again it seems to happen quite often with torchwood where some episodes he's just brilliant like perfectly cast Mm. as captain jack and then there are other episodes where like in this one there are two parts of it that i'm just not too keen on like there was a scene where they go and scope out the warehouse and they notice that Reese is out there talking to uh, the dudes out in the car park. Gwen obviously freaks out and goes off to sort it out. And then Jack sort of grabs her and he pushes her up against the wall and they do this kind of close, oh, you know, yeah. they seem to always do this sort of thing where they... I wanted Gwen to name in the... Yeah, yeah, they always do this thing where... And I don't know why they keep doing it where Captain Jack and Gwen, they have these little moments where you think, is Jack going to kiss her or something? Because it's like really yeah. like close and flirty and stuff. And I don't know. It's just a weird thing that they keep defaulting back to. It's the, they, I don't know. So there's that. And I, then, I didn't like the jealousy bit either where he's like, um, he's getting a bit, Jack was getting a bit jealous. Of, yeah. Yeah. He, he could see the sort of relationship between Gwen and Reese was very strong and he didn't like it. And I'm thinking, I'll oh, get over it, Jack. Yeah. You've got enough, you know, you've, you've got enough on your plate. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need it. You don't need to have everything, everyone. Yeah. Exactly that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And the other thing that I'm not too keen on is that they, I don't know if it's John Barrowman or the director makes him like really shouty and yelly, but it just falls on deaf ears and doesn't do anything. So it kind of undermines it kind of undermines Jack as a character. Yeah, yeah. So I like it when he does you mean, it. And, you just sort of think, oh, whatever, Jack. Yeah. yeah. So weirdly, I like it when he does that to the other hub 
uh, torture peeps. There's a couple of scenes where, you know, he's actually really shouting at Reese as well as Gwen, mm. you know, and they, they kind of go along with it. But when they're in the warehouse and they're facing off against those dudes and he's shouting, they just like, yeah, whatever. So it kind yeah. of falls on. De- I'm not sure if that's John Barrowman saying like, right, I'm going to shout in this bit because I need to put some authority in and all the rest of it. And the director's like, oh, and then, or if it's the other way around or both, I don't know, but it just doesn't work a lot of the time where Jack goes into manly, shouty, I'm in charge kind of thing because it just it falls on deaf ears. But I do like it weirdly when he does it in the hub and uh, he's kind of got that firm sternness about him. Like when when Gwen runs back in and she says, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to retcon Reese and everything, he just kind of closes down a situation with like, give Reese my love, I'll see you in the morning. And it's yeah, very I stern. Yeah, I like really cheesy, but I, I do know what you mean. Yeah. And I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, just the way you <laughs> delivered the line. I was like, oh. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think that's it. It does undermine the character because I like the character of Captain Jack. But moments like that, when these people are just like, oh, whatever, Jack, you know, it does make him, because you as a viewer are going, yeah, shut up, Jack. <laughs> you know, it does. It does sort of turn you against him sometimes um, when he's being a bit of a, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um. So... I mean, this could have something to do with the chippers. We never know. He was co-producer on this. Oh, was he? Yeah, so you never know. This could be a chip chipnalism. Yeah. He's lingering around. He's got his little notebook out. Let's just blame chippers for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine. Russell's like, Chris, I'm not being funny, mate. We've brought you on as producer and you haven't done anything. All you've done is, hold on, what's that in your notebook? Ideas for Doctor Who. (laughs) Come on, Chris. <laughs> Put that notebook down. I haven't invited you to take notes. Come on, get stuck in. So maybe he was like, Catching. "Fine, I'll contribute." John, go and shout for a bit. There you go. I'm out of it. Just imagine Russell catching uh, Chris ruffling through his like desk. Let's <laughs> see what he's got in it. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Looking for ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not much else going on, really, mate. I mean, I think like sort of direction-wise, Colin Teague does a. Just a standard job, really. There's nothing crazy going on with, you know, like to the last man last time who directed that. That had some really nice creepy bits throughout the hospital and the way some of it was shot. And uh, that was Andy Goddard. That was not too bad. But I think Colin Teague, there was nothing really for him to get stuck into, really. It was not like really, no. Daytime shots out on the motorway and Cardiff yeah. Bay and stuff. And then otherwise, it's just. Um, let's just turn the lights down a little bit in this warehouse and make one or two flicker. Jobs are good. And the lighting guy's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'll go home. So nothing crazy going on there. Easy day at the office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, music. I can't remember any of the music. Who did the music? No, that's weird, isn't it? I can't either, which can be a good thing. It might mean that it was good and you just didn't really notice it. But yeah, didn't, nothing stood out. Yeah. Um, uh, no, oh, Ben Foster. For... So Ben Foster did a bit oh, of incidental ben. music, and that was it. Yeah. Hmm. No, the standout for me in this episode is Kai Owen. I think he, he he's given an episode where he has to pretty much carry it, and he does it really well. I think is it like you said, it's a pretty sort of average episode, but for me, Kai Owen as Reese brings it up a few notches because he's he's so good as the character, really. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Mm. Okay, uh, if you have got nothing else, dude, we'll we'll stick our scores on the doors. Let's get the. Scores on the doors, yeah. I think it's you to go first, dude. Yeah, I'm going to go with a seven, okay, um, okay. which is 
which is quite a high rating, really. I mean, but I feel like it. I feel like it's better than a six point five, which is what I was arming and arming. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a decent episode, uh, so I'll go with a seven. Yeah, I'm going to join you on that as well, dude. Ah, good. Yes, good. I was hovering between a six and a seven, but yeah. then. Um, just because there is nothing amazing about it. It's like seven, I normally think is a good, that's when things are starting to, it's a good score, seven, mm-hmm. eight. But it's, yeah, it's not bad either. So it's not really a six, is it? Mm. No, I don't think it's a six. No, and I think, no. um, well, I was hovering between a six and a seven, but I mm. think, remembering how good Kai Owen is as, as Reese and how we've talked through his character and how he gets stuck in and, and all that sort of stuff, I think it does elevate that to a seven. I think it's a, yeah. It's a decent score indeedy. Yes. Right, yeah, what did our awesome listeners think? We had a few audio clips in. Let's kick off. Uh, from Down Under, as usual, this is Sammy Satine. Hey there, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, meet. So, at one point during this, Captain Jack and a bunch of Hoovians pondered, what would the Doctor do in this situation? Stephen Moffat obviously saw this and wrote the beast below. This is good. I like the bit with Freddy Jack at Harwoods with the receptionist. It's more like the one we know than what we usually get in Torchwood. Yep, I'm once again in the I don't have much to say mode. Then again, it's starting to get a bit hot here. <sighs> but enough about the weather. Anyway, I give it six space whales out of ten. See ya. Don't six. let the hot weather bother you, Sammy. You've got Sense. a lot of it coming up. Send some our way. It's- Bleak and red. <laughs> yeah, not much to say from Sammy. Gave it a six, no. though. Thank you very much, Sammy. Moving on, this is Matt Steele. You won't be sorry with a hard words, Laurie. <laughs> it's a very Marmite story, this one, in my opinion. There are bits that I love about it, but just as much I can't stand with it. I think it's fantastic we finally see Reese finding out about Torchwood and what Gwen does. Reese, I think, is probably the most relatable to the audience out of a lot of them. I also love the story concept, how the alien gets dealt a crappy hand and gets found by criminals who want to harvest its flesh, resulting in a merciful but tragic death for the creature. However, I couldn't stand the throw-it-in-your-face sexual tension between Gwen and Jack. It completely takes you out of the story, and the whole thing feels horribly awkward and jarring. On a side note, it was great to see Yanto getting stuck in with the action in this episode, especially when he boots the door into the bad guy's face. It's a very tricky one to score for me, I think, but I think I'll give this one a 6.5 out of 10. Cheers, guys. I'll see you again. 6.5? Yeah. Nice one. Who knew Matt had such a wonderful, silky singing voice? You won't be sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice one, Matt. um, We need to record that. uh, I understand what you're saying as well, because I think (laughs) after you've, when you think back to some Torchwood episode, you think, oh, I can't remember if I really disliked that one or really liked it. Is it a Marmite story? But yes. No, I read you, dude. So a six. 6.5? What did Mac 6.5, yeah. Nice one, dude. And lastly, it's Mr. Joe Turner. Meat is a very enjoyable episode for me. Yes, the CGI of the big whale was not great, but at the same time, it stood up for the time. Also, I found Reese absolutely brilliant in this. He was cracking me up throughout. Like when him and Gwen were arguing in their apartment and in the meeting room, along with his confrontation with Jack, with some of the insults being particularly memorable, with one of my favourite lines coming at the end when he asked Gwen if they can keep a scrapbook of all the aliens. <laughs> the alien wasn't very original though, as essentially it was just a big well, and it could have put slightly more effort in. 
but at the same time, I love that we get to see a different side of Jack in this episode, being more sympathetic. Finally, I love when Reese is introduced to Torchwood, the team start to realise that none of them actually have a life outside of Torchwood. And poor Tosh, once again, tries to make her move with Owen, even making him some lovely cheese and pickle sandwiches in beautiful crusty bread, and gets given the spreadsheet. Even asking Owen to play Paul, which is essentially asking him out on a date, but he doesn't get the hint and turns it into uh, a Torchwood tournament, which does sound quite cool, but still, it's quite tough to take for Tosh, and the wait goes on. Overall, I give this episode a 7 out of 10. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I really feel like a cheese and pickle sandwich. You read my mind there, mate. I was thinking a cheese and pickle. I, I, I forgot to mention as well, when you see it in the episode, you think, bloody hell, that is a nice looking sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, come on. Like, Tosh is a good looking girl. And cheese and pickle sandwich. God, it's a win-win. I don't Do you know, know what, what mate? playing it. You know what? Sometimes you don't. You're not lucky enough to get both <laughs> a good looking, a good looking partner, yeah, and they can make a sandwich. Yeah, he should yeah, be all over Tosh. All to yourself. Yeah, oh. all to you anyway. So <laughs> a seven, I think, from Joe. Right? Yeah, we got distracted by the cheese pickle. I think it was a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Joe, and our other audio reviewers. Let's go to the socials. Over on Twitter, we had Tardisnet sixty six. So it's a very strong story. Like seeing Gwen face the consequences of working with Torchwood, bringing conflict to her relationship with Reese and strong conflict with the dark side of humanity, trying to exploit an alien being for profit. Is Catherine Tregenna a vegetarian? It seems likely. Maybe. Uh, our writer, Jordan Shortman. I can remember watching this one live and loving that Reese was now involved with Torchwood properly. Uh, and it certainly explores the dark side of humanity. It's hard not to feel sorry for that alien. And Matt Ryan has gone on to find fame as John Constantine, John Constantine in Legends of Tomorrow. Has he really? Which one's Matt Ryan? Which one's Matt Ryan? Which one's Matt Ryan? Hold on. I don't know. I've closed my wiki tab. <laughs> uh, Matt Ryan, who played Dale. Which one's Dale? Well, is he one of the the thugs? One of the one of the ones butchering that poor alien? Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Actually, now I look at his picture. Mm, I do. He does look familiar, actually. Oh, of course. Yeah, he was. Um, actually, was he the? Did he have like blonde hair in Constantine? I think he had blonde hair. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Nice little tidbit there. Yeah, I didn't pick Jordan. up on that. At Thank all. you. Yeah. Uh, right, and then we had uh, Tom. Uh, Twitter name is Titan Sci-Fi. Says the CGI is a bit rough around the edges, but let them off because hey. of the love of the story. Go veggie. Laugh out loud. Seven out of ten. Yeah, just cheese pickle sandwich. It's all yeah, you right. need. Yeah. Chippy T says, great episode this, showing how our heroes, quote unquote, have lives above and beyond Torchwood and who. Nice, it's that. Nice, if that's the right word. Exploration of what a race of humans can do. Good stuff. Eight out of ten. Nice. Uh, George at Last Living Yeti says, strong story. <laughs> Though it's ironic of Gwen to take a stand against drugging Reese when she had no problem doing it in series one. Yeah, well, she's learned. She's moved she? on, yeah. Same when she asked Reese for trust after what she did in series one. Kai Owen given time to shine and stole the show again. Seven out of ten. Mm. Yeah, you're right there, mate. And yep. lastly, Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian. She says, I found this a really difficult watch. It was heart wrenching oh. watching the creature suffer. 
It was interesting to explore the relationship between Gwen and Reese as he became part of the team and how unsettling Jack found Gwen's refusal to retcon Reese's experience. Uh, she gave it a five out of ten. Five. Oh, five it was yeah. hard to watch, yeah. And to think now that poor creature is just out there on the Sainsbury's shelf in a million pies. Yeah, they're probably cutting it up still if oh, they manage to freeze it. it. Oh, no. No, they incinerated it, didn't they? It's to freeze it. Imagine that. Yeah, they incinerated it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, uh, on Facebook, we had just one review over there uh, from Joseph Howarth. And that's, and he says, it's a good episode, but not something I would return to anytime soon. The episode feels similar to The Beast Below, even though this episode came before it. And honestly, I think the concept is a bit better here. Uh, sorry, Gwen, but lying to Reese was um, not uh, on. Plus, he was going to find out. And what the hell was up with that scene with Owen and Tosh? Uh, just came out of nowhere like they are establishing something here. Please don't make Owen and Tosh a thing. It's bad enough. I had to put up with Owen in season, season one because he was being a jerk all the time. I don't want any more soap opera stuff with these two. <laughs> uh, anyways, like this episode, but wasn't that memorable. A seven out of ten. Seven. Seven. Yep. So that's all we had over on the socials and stuff. Thank you so much, everybody, for sending in your reviews and thoughts, as always. What we've we got next week. My good man. Well, now this is going to be interesting. So it's an eleventh Doctor Matt Smith story, and it's the wedding of River Song. Oh, River What's Song's that? back. There is. Is that six? Um, I've got a sneaky feeling I've only ever watched this once. What are we playing at? We only did a River story recently with Silence oh. in the Library. Oh no! Um, Can't keep away. Uh, yeah, this is um series six, dude. I think. Is it the finale? Um, oh, oh, you're going yeah, back now, dude. Yeah, I think it's Episode the finale of series six. Oh. oh, it's not that one where the Doctor's got a beard for half of it, is it? I don't know. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I've because got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, I think it runs into the, the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, right? Oh, no. Come on, mate. <laughs> anyway, come you, on. no, no, I'm being, no I'm, I, I jest. I mean, I, I, I seriously think I've only watched this once, um, which is unusual for a final. So I am. I'm looking forward to giving this another uh, another spin. Hmm. Yes, I remember seeing eye, plenty of eye patches in this one, and also I think yeah. Matt's hair was ridiculously long at this point as well. I don't know what yeah. he was, what was going on there, but yeah, he did have a beard. Yeah. So yeah, wedding of River Song next week. Wedding of River Song, indeed. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's wrap it there, dude, for episode two eight six. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us once again and coming back for another week. It's been great to have you all aboard the TARDIS for another rip-roaring week of Doctor Who and Torchwood. Still no news, but we did have some cool merch. Remember to go and pick up that book for children in need. It looks very, very good. Uh, Doctor Who during lockdown and also those plush teddies as well. If uh, the 10th or 13th Doctor is a thing for you, go and pick them up. All in a good cause. Uh, thank you so much for your uh, reviews, uh, audio reviews, and also on the socials for Meet from Torchwood. Next week, as Adam said, we're on to The Wedding of River Song, which should be interesting 
to review that one. In the meantime, head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes on there. Plus, you can check out all of our cool articles and reviews from our writing team, plenty of Doctor Who uh, and everything to get stuck into there. Uh, We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Come and give us a like and a follow over there as we chat Doctor Who throughout the week. And please subscribe to our show as well on whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast. You'll find us on there. That way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. And uh, uh, and if you've got a minute to leave a rating and a review on any of those apps, that'd be awesome as well, because that really helps us out loads and loads. We have a free Discord server too, the link on the website. Um, come and hang out and chat Doctor Who and everything else over there. And also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It's the Geek's Handbag. Yes, you can have a look at all those videos over there that I've spent hours editing. Hours <laughs> slaving over. Slaving over a computer. Yes. So go and get comfy. Go and get yourself uh, a cup of tea or a cold drink, depending on where you are in the world, if it's hot or cold. Adjust your drink accordingly. Go and get comfy and then check out loads of Adam's uh, videos over on the Geek's Handbag. It's a very, very cool channel. And Adam is on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. Come and get involved and follow Adam over there as well. Like I said, we chat and post little tidbits around Doctor Who and stuff throughout the week. So come and get involved over there. Uh, We will see you next time, next week, for episode 287. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh...